almost no one raises the real issue of tax avoidance, right? And of the rich just not paying their fair share. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefighters fighters conference and no one's allowed to speak about water. Stop talking about philanthropy and start talking about taxes. One of my predecessors, Minister Trevor Manuel, he handed out succulent plums to the members of this house to demonstrate the times of plenty were upon us then. Today we walk into this house with an iconic South African plant, the Alu Ferox. It is resilient, sturdy, and drought resistant. It withstands the elements. We must take the bitter with the sweet. Welcome to this week's episode of the SA Money Report. A historic wine estate, a seaside mansion, millions in art, a Lexus, jewelry, guns, and at the center of it all, the now infamous and reclusive Marcus Huerster. I feel totally responsible for what happened this time, but for the reasons that I've mentioned why it happened. I chose the wrong partner. We went into territories when we shouldn't have gone into territories. But the discussion up to now and the allegations were fostered around accounting issues. And therefore, I participated and gave my full cooperation for two years in terms of those issues. And therefore, I took the view I took in December and I said I would take it like a man for the mistakes I made. And I've lost uh, my whole career. The alleged mastermind of an accounting scandal that led to the largest corporate crash in South Africa's history. Yep, today is a special Steinoff edition of SA Money Report in the wake of the SA Reserve Bank's moves against Yosta. We've covered every major development in the Steinoff saga on SA Money Report since the show's inception. And the person who has always led us through the circuitous landscape of fraud and dodgy executives... News 24 Business's investigative genius Jan Cronier is back. Jan, on Tuesday evening, the Reserve Bank, seemingly out of the blue, acted against Marcus Joester. What did he do exactly? I met the bank is attached to all the assets that it believes are, are linked to Joester. His Hermanus house, Lanzarote wine estate in Stellenbosch, half a dozen cars, all the assets and um, investments contained in his family trust, and various properties in and around Stellenbosch. Essentially on Tuesday, representatives from the bank and teams of attorneys went to these properties and said, here is an order showing that they've been attached. This means you can't sell or get rid of them in any way while the bank's investigation continues. I met the authorities could also demand that Eusta and the other defendants show them all the info they have. Um, they were allowed to search and make copies of all their computers, cell phones, and hard drives. Jan, so who else besides Joester are respondents in this matter? Joester is definitely the uh, main focus of this attachment order. Ahmed also included uh, the trustees of his family trust, his wife Ingrid, Lanzarote Estate Investments, the company that owns the wine estate, and a chauffeur. Jan, do we know how Joester allegedly contravened South Africa's foreign exchange regulations? Because this is clearly what the Reserve Bank was saying. We've asked the bank to 
tell us how they built its case as the bank needed to convince a judge to sign off on this order. The hearing was behind closed doors and the order was granted ex parte, meaning the bank didn't have to inform U.S.'s legal team that it brought this application. I mean, this is done in cases where authorities fear that the defendant could get rid of assets before they they are attached. We have plenty of information about the the types of fraud that Steinhoff and Eurster are are accused of. And Ahmed, according to to a forensic probe by PricewaterhouseCoopers, a small clique of Steinhoff executives inflated the group's profit and asset values by about over 100 billion over a number of years. Now, seeing that the, the fraud outlined by PricewaterhouseCoopers happened around the same time that Steinhoff moved its primary listing from Johannesburg to Frankfurt, Germany, I think it's likely that the retailer broke a range of exchange control regulations, uh, perhaps chiefly linked to that move. But uh, I mean, this is one of the things that we are still needing to uh, get more information on. So you mentioned Eustace Hermanus property. What more can you tell us about that, Jan? It's a large property. It's a well-known property in Hermanus. According to the attachment order, Ahmed um, Yoster is allowed to continue living there, if indeed he is there. But um, everything in and around that property should have been photographed and logged by attorneys. Uh, nothing can be sold or anything like that. Company records, Ahmed, shows that Yoster doesn't own the property himself. It's, it's owned by a company that he used to be a director of. Jan, you yourself have reported on Landsrack before. You've even broken stories about it. Can you give us a bit of a refresher on how the estate and Eustace's uh, friend Malcolm King are linked to this whole Steinhoff saga? This story goes back about um, a decade. I mean, um, Landsrack used to belong to Christo Visa, who in 2012 sold it to a consortium of investors. According to um, court documents that Visa has filed, Eustace at the time told Vista, Vista that he was negotiating on behalf of these investors and he wasn't behind the scheme to buy it. The estate ended up being sold following Eustace's resignation from Steinhoff in, in 2012 and the plunge in its share price. The question of who actually owns the estate uh, came up again. And it is the subject of two court cases, Ahmed. Uh, one was instituted by Visa against Eustin, um, saying that the shares that he received in return for the estate, the Steinhoff shares, have fallen precipitously in value because of fraud. Visa believes that Eustin does in fact own it and he was negotiating on his own behalf the whole time. The other case involves Steinhoff itself and it's happening in the UK. Neither of these two cases, Ahmed, has, has actually gone to court yet uh, and there's been no rulings or judgment. Lanzarote previously told us that its ultimate owner is Malcolm King. He's known to be a friend of Eurster, but the company that will prove who the beneficial owner is, whether it is King or Eurster or what have you, is registered in the British Virgin Islands. And uh, I mean, as you know, they, they laugh at you when you try to ask them for details of ownership. So there's no clarity there. Yanwar, uh, what does Visa say about all these latest developments since he used to be Steinhoff's chair as well? While he was fairly reserved about what he wanted to say, could say, I guess, he said that the noose is tightening and he said 
the wheels of justice are turning. Yeah, and so back to you, Esther. This appears on the face of it to be the biggest action against Yoster thus far. What has been some of the previous action taken against him? If I remember correctly, there was a fine by the Financial Sector Conduct Authority as well, no? Yes, indeed. Yoster was fined about 160 million rand for insider trading related to the sharing of info with friends and colleagues around the time that he resigned as Steinhoff CEO. That was at the time the, the, the most stringent action that had been taken against him. He hasn't paid the fine yet. The fine has been placed on hold and the um, Financial Services Tribunal has been ordered to reconsider it. Yeah, and Steinhoff is also trying to get some money back from him as well through a civil case. Yes, indeed. There, there are so many court cases linked to this. Steinhoff has instituted what's called claw at proceedings against Joester. I believe it's also instituted similar proceedings against some other executives um, for many tens of millions of rands. Um, this is uh, one of the many cases that hasn't gone to trial yet. Lastly, Jan, you know, people say things have been moving really slowly in this saga. But I wanted to ask you if you think the first few dominoes have uh, begun falling in a chain reaction that will eventually culminate in your sitting in the dock. Or if we keep uh, Visa's metaphor going with the hangman basically kicking the chair out from under Yosta's feet. Or is there some way to go still in all of this? I mean, that's the, that's the question. And um, I'm uh, uh, wary of making projections in this case. I didn't know that these sob raids would be happening. For example, it took me, it took me completely by surprise. But... Um, what we do know about the MPA case is that it has been investigating Steinhoff and Joester for a few years. It has used the same forensic team that did work internally for Steinhoff to help it prepare its case. Now, how the MPA works, Ahmed, is that before it announces charges against someone, it doesn't confirm that they are investigating them. But we know that they are indeed investigating Joester, but uh, they haven't said anything publicly. Um, we know that these charges are coming because the MPA has previously said that it views the Steinhoff case as one of its more important cases. Um, it has talked about how complex the case is, um, something that Steinhoff's former chairperson, Christo Visa, has, has reiterated to. We just have not seen anything yet. So, Charges could be announced any moment. We'll have to wait and see. And on that note, thanks for your time, Jan. Thank you, Ahmed. This brings our show to an end. The music in this episode is courtesy of Getty Images and Epidemic Sound. Thank you for listening. <laughs>